0: Welcome to PolyMuse Season 2 with your favorite family members, Cousin Michael. My name's Ben. I'm the other cousin. Guys, we just did a whole Season 1 of PolyMuse. It took us the entire year of 2021, but we covered the entirety of the Lincoln Park discography. We're so glad that you guys are on the ride with us.
1: Yeah, we hit a few other side projects as well. This season, we're hitting System of a Down, or S-O-A-D, as the kids say. And we're going to hit a few, this, a few of their side projects as well. It's a little bit different format. We're going to be dropping some of the songs. Well, we're dropping all the songs that we can into the podcast. And each show is going to be a little bit shorter. Guys,
0: it's a brand new show. It's a brand new experience. It's a brand new Polymuse. It's the Polymuse you know and love, taken to a next level. We're going to be playing music in between our conversations of the songs. We might even bring in other relevant songs if we bring up songs as we go along. It's going to be a... More of a music variety talk show type experience. Me and the cuz reviewing the albums and songs and bands that changed our lives.
1: We will still put together a full mixtape at the end. Our top 14 tracks from the system of a Down discography. So we will have that at the end. We'll still be grading every song. A through, well, F effectively.
0: Yeah, we don't do too many Fs, but exactly. We're going to comb through the entire system of a Down discography track by track song by song this is what we do for all of our artists here at polymuse but doing it for system of down this time compiling the 14 best tracks Our desert island mixtape you're on a desert island you're a huge system of a down fan these are the only system of a down records you get to take with you which 14 songs are you gonna so we're gonna do that and to determine those are the s tier songs so it's a b c d f essentially like regular grades if you give it the s tier it's higher than an a it goes on the mixtape We only got 14 of those to give out the entire season. So that's kind of the format of the show. Guys, buckle up, because this is going to be a blast. I'm, I'm thrilled.
1: Thrilled. To I have am you here,
0: enthused and thrilled to have <laughs> you here, Michael. Thank you for being here in the studio at the Deep Old Record Studios this evening.
1: Of course, happy to be here. And of course, we both love mixed CDs, we grew up on those, of course, popping those in the car, making your own, scribbling on marker in the front of the CD, whether it's mm-hmm. drawings or titles or whatever. So, uh, sometimes
0: yeah. you can cram the titles on there. That's sometimes, it, it's not always,
1: sometimes you don't even know what's on there. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> it's like a fun hodgepodge, the road trip. Mix CD or the the Desert I'm Island Sad. or
0: the I'm Sad Mix CD, yeah.
1: <laughs> but yes, in this case, the Desert Island System of a Down mixtape.
0: So not necessarily a greatest hits, but a fan favorite hits based on us, the fans, the Poly Muse crew. Okay, so System of a Down is cool. They are a really cool band. We'd like to kind of sprinkle in more of the background information about the band and the album kind of throughout the season as we go along, but we will do a quick. Kind of quick hit, just get you up to speed. A lot of people are familiar with these guys and kind of their career, but they, you know what, man, just they haven't really been active in quite a while.
1: No, 2005, they released their their last pair of albums. They have released a single recently as they got back together, but 2005 was the last time that they released a full project together. They've had you know, some disagreements recently that's created creative differences, but they have respective projects that they've continued since then. So 15, 16 years since they've released a full project together besides a few songs sprinkled in here and there.
0: But I believe they still get booked to do concerts and festivals and stuff like that. They occasionally come back out of the woodwork and someone makes them a deal to go play a show or something. But Yeah,
1: usually for benefit, I believe.
0: Not Yeah, not necessarily active in the recording studio or not necessarily active uh, writing tracks. But yeah, they did drop those, those two new tracks in 2021, I believe, which was... That was a big, not comeback, because it wasn't like an album or or anything, but it was, they did it for a fundraiser.
1: Yeah, we'll get there. We'll hit those as well. So you
0: got four guys in this band. It's the four same guys throughout the entire recording career. I guess they probably had a few guys come in and out at the beginning, but whatever. Main lineup, same four lineup. Power trio lineup, essentially. You got the bass, drums, and guitar with a fourth guy who's more on vocals and maybe... You know front man maybe some things here and there but for the most part this is a power trio and i love power trios you got the who you got led zeppelin you've got the red hot chili peppers some of these bands where it's just bass drums guitar no synthesizers no like extra lead guitarists or extra percussionists or anything and you have to just create the sound and fill the sound with those three instruments and probably a frontman, too. Most power trios. You got that fourth guy. These guys are great, man. I think they don't get enough credit for being one of the, the best power trios of probably of all time in metal, in alternative music. And these are the guys that do it. So on the guitar, the guitar part of the triangle, you got Darren Malakian, guitars, vocals, songwriting. The bass, you got Shavo Odagian. does some backing vocals as well. You got the drummer, John Dalmayan. He is a terrific drummer. Very underrated drummer so the three of them holding the sound down it is said that darren does a lot of the songwriting and then the fourth the star member of the band the front man of the band you got serge tonkian doing vocals crazy vocals occasionally keyboard and guitar he is a a multi-instrumentalist but mainly he tries to be charismatic and entertaining and kind of perform the song and that's the lineup
1: all four have uh, armenian background three of them did come over uh, to California, where they were based, Los Angeles, California, when they were younger. Uh, one of them was born here. Uh, but that's where they, they kind of met. Few of them went to school together, didn't know each other when they were younger. They kind of met later on in life. During a recording studio, uh, recording session, Soil was an early band for Surge and Darren when they met in 1992 and formed the band Soil from 92 to 94. Uh, we'll see a song on uh, their debut album, self-titled album here, called Soil. And an early name for them was Victims of a Down that they later changed to System. So they, they would shelf closer to Slayer, who was an influence for them.
0: Alphabetically, they wanted it to go Slayer, System of a Down, when you're looking at the, the metal section of your favorite record store, which I'm sure you do so very often in real life.
1: Exactly. Yes, yeah, so they brought on Darren much later uh, when they lost an early band member to become a full-time part of the band. Later on, they added the other members of the group when they became System of a Down and dropped some earlier members uh, as well. So that's how they became the the quartet, is it kind of grew out of soil originally and then became Victims of a Down, System of a Down.
0: So hanging around the same recording studio, you know, making similar music kind of forms into the four guys who are interested in the same kind of stuff. Not only are they interested in making the same kind of records, they all went to the same school but didn't know each other. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. And uh, have the same Armenian background. Uh, Armenia was part of the Soviet Union for a while. It's now an independent country. And they all have lines that trace back to what's not really recognized as the Armenian genocides way back in the early 1915, I believe, is the exact date. Up to 4 million people died in the early 1900s during a big genocide there. So we'll see a lot of that influence in their music and how they record and produce. Serge is especially considers himself an activist first. I mean, all the members do. They did score a production in 2006 that was a documentary on the genocide. And Serge's grandfather was part of that, discussing how everyone around them was being, you know, killed and they were forced to flee the country. So, again, that's called Screamers, that they scored the documentary, and it's just something that was a big black mark, but not recognized by large parts of the world. To this day, the Armenian Genocide
0: is not recognized by many governments around the world. It's just wild that the four of them all came... The same background and heritage of some of their family members surviving the genocide. A couple of them were born... uh, Of the system members were born in America. A couple of them are immigrants. It's just... uh, you You don't exactly know how those conversations all came about or how the universe worked to bring these four guys together, but just the fact that they... Each of them is part of this ethnic minority who survived this, you know, situa- political situation. They all come out of that same heritage, and the fact that they're all connected to it enough that you know people in their own family have survived it. Obviously, politically charged them to the point of being recognized as a very political band, putting a lot of that into the music.
1: That that region was still a hot spot for quite a while, so that's why a lot of them left. And I guess Southern California was a hot spot for a lot of immigrants from that region but yeah for the four of them to come together with those talents and be around each other and then slowly come together is pretty cool
0: and just have the whole concept that, that type of music that type of because in, they're influenced by armenian music yes it's they have their own metal influences and rock and roll influences but the armenian folk music the rhythms and melodies of that of their heritage essentially are are all part of it and they just had the whole concept right there it's just the four of them all This was their their life work. This was what it was going to be. They performed shows
1: early. They were found by Rick Rubin when they were performing different live live sets. He, of course, started Def Jam Records in New York. Him and his partner at the time had some creative differences, so he traveled west. Found himself with a uh, new label, and in Southern California, he was working with Slayer at the time, and found himself at a System of a Down show, and they became uh, one of his new acts. They did open for Slayer early. Not well-liked. There weren't a lot of groups like them around at the time. And we did have Korn, Deftones, along with Slayer, of course, but no one was quite like them. They were highly scrutinized. This album that we're starting to break down here with the first track today, not a big charter. 124 on Billboard Top 200, so it's not nothing. It didn't, you know, just disappear. But it was not a high charter. That was their sophomore album, Toxicity, that really, really took off for them. But we are going to...
0: Yeah, speaking of the albums and the music, so their first album is named after the band. It's called System of a Down. That's all the background we're really going to give on the band in this episode. We'll see you for the rest of the season. We'll drop more kind of tidbits of knowledge and more historical information as we go. This album's awesome. It defines their sound right out the gate. They come out with some awesome stuff. You want to check it out? Remind these guys what these guys sound like? Let's do it. Here is Sweet Pea by the season two featured artist. Let's hear it for him. System of a Down.
1: Well, what a fireball opening track Whoa, for the first time you would have ever heard this band. Lovely track. <laughs> yeah, you know, a little bit of everything here. I, I kind of considered it in like three pieces. You kind of have your opening guitar piece, and then you have your, your wild verses and choruses, and then you get the wild screaming bridge toward the end. I kind of broke it down to three pieces, at least when I listened to it. But You got fast parts, loud
0: parts, quiet parts, slow parts. The bridge is awesome. They're terrific at writing bridges. Throughout this whole album, we're going to see that they just get into a mode on the bridge sections where it just gets into the sludgiest, nastiest, just awesome rhythms. And then the rest of it is more kind of punk rock rhythms, kind of ticky-tacky on the drum, on the hi-hats, like going through all that kind of thing. And then the bridge, they use this pattern a lot. I'm bringing it up now because the first one, we'll track it through the album, where the bridge is just a totally different riff sometimes like a different style entirely but it's the perfect counterpoint to it they do a lot of that they oh, do a lot of a that complete
1: contrast from different yes. pieces of the song so yeah. we've got
0: that in here oh yeah good trick right you know showing it shows a lot of their songwriting tricks right away really like that's a good one and then they both sing on here right or maybe no i guess not it's just surge mostly
1: yeah uh, but we do have a lot of the, the vocal elements that we tend to get with them here yes you know we get just kind of the singing and then a lot of the shouting, and then we have the death, the Mm -hmm. death rattle, you know, deep. Um, You know, we actually do mix in various elements, not in this song, but later on of whispers and kind of more of just talking. So we actually get a wide range of everything, but this is a good piece to show their elements of a few of those, a little bit of that range of what they can do vocally of what Surge is incorporating here.
0: And that's a big part of what sets them apart and kind of makes them alternative metal. A big part of that is the Armenian folk music influence on the actual music but just the fa- they're just nuts dude the vote like you said there's whispers and screams and any type of different vocal you could do they get it into the music somewhere it's like a circ it's like circus music at a certain point like some of it really is just so performative and so crazy and cartoony but then freaky deaky i mean there's some freaky deaky stuff <laughs> this one we're getting they're right off the bat they're telling us a story so that's good songwriting. First line, track one, album one. I had an out-of-body experience the other day. Her name was Jesus. So that's a story. Yep.
1: Uh, very, you know, religious undertones, which is something we get here. A lot of religion, political. And we do go into genocide and suicide. Those are themes both on this album and throughout the whole discography for system of down which again very much considers themselves activists before musicians really that's kind of the first first piece of who they identify as
0: so this one's like about philosophy itself or about religion itself they're definitely like parodying christianity saying that you know his girlfriend or whatever whoever he's following that's not jesus is his jesus and it's You know, flipping these concepts on their head. Maybe they're being offensive just to be offensive. Maybe it's, you know, they've got a real philosophical point. You don't always know a system. They've got lyrics that are seemingly nonsense and lyrics that are seemingly well thought out, like religious ideas. This one's probably somewhere in the middle. I do think he's talking about, you know, worshipping another person, like in an unhealthy relationship, possibly that type of a thing. I don't think it's necessarily a religious song like that.
1: possibly Dying for What You Believe in, rather in a a religious sense or or otherwise. So again, a lot of the stuff can be left very open to interpretation. Although, you know, if you were to dig into it, you could pull certain aspects out and attribute it to certain religious texts and items like that. But I don't know what you're necessarily doing that while listening to the death roar, you know, and Mm -hmm. thinking, well, how might the actual lyrics relate to me per se? You know, But in the spirit of breaking it down like we do, it probably has a more religious sense as they were writing it.
0: Right. They use religious imagery. Yes. But to me, I do think it, because he's like, try her philosophy, die. It's about a bad relationship, possibly, with a woman or whatever. The
1: bridge section, which states, lie naked on the floor and let the Messiah go through our souls, could be back to a religious point, you know, just kind of letting your, you know, religion or religious figures kind of ravage you. And the punch of the song, I Want to Fuck My Way to the Garden, is just a very aggressive stance on trying to get yourself to an elevated area of your kind of religious beliefs or trying to get to the promised land, depending on what your religious belief is. More specifically, could be referencing, as System of a Down does in a more specific way, religious leaders using war or other means in the name of really other tactics hiding hidden agendas in the name of religion so it's just a very aggressive way to say hey if you want to reach a promised land i want to fuck my way to the garden and mm. just maybe that's not you know practical means to get there i
0: suppose interesting point not necessarily the best method of <laughs> transportation <laughs> and which goes back to my point that it's about a a bad relationship possibly could be where he feels like he's dying to be a part of this this love and then go south the recording sounds great the drums sound awesome the guitar sounds awesome rick rubin did an amazing job it's punchy it's rocking it's alternative it's metal the vocals sound great this
1: is one of the first system of a down songs i ever heard Okay, cool. I've
0: probably heard Chop Suey or something. No, I know. I know I knew of Chop Suey first. You know you knew. I knew I knew that one. I know you knew that one. Of first. course I knew it. Okay. this one was earlier. So this one, we didn't really come across this album, I wouldn't think. I'm pretty sure I first heard him on Chop Suey. You're thinking this was your first, though? Well,
1: you know, this was pre-streaming times. There were various toxicity tracks and various tracks from this self-titled album that I was able to pull. And some of them weren't even good quality. I was listening to Junk not clear copies of some of these songs and i only heard you know about half the album for the first couple of years until i was able to go and pick up uh, you know or borrow uh, the full copy but this is one of the first songs that i had a real good copy of and real early on and i, I love the song i was like this is sweet let's go get some more system of down tracks pretty much <laughs> so what is your grade for sweet pea here on system of downs debut album
0: very good track one it was a contender or an S I like it it was it was one of the ones I grew up with it was one of the ones you know once I started listening to system was one of the ones that was a favorite I don't it can't give it the S it did not finish the race it did not make it to that final spot it's such a good intro I have to give it a straight up
1: I did s it out. Wow. Okay. Both because it it has meaning to me, also because I do like that it has a lot of the vocal elements that we're used to hearing for System of a Down. A lot of the instrumental elements, and I think it's System of a Down at what they do best. Yeah. Yeah. So I I went ahead and s it out. I s out this great one.
0: Great songwriting, great recording, great instrumentation. Couldn't make couldn't make the final fourteen. I think there's stuff that's more unique and sure. stuff that is more where the concept is like a full package. This one's more open to interpretation. Right. And kind of loosey-goosey. That honestly might be the only thing that kept it from, from being in that running, for me personally. Yeah,
1: I, I get that. And that's more of a opinion thing, too. And even that, you know, your opinion can change on that, too. Whether you like a song that's very tight and precise or loosey-goosey, as you say, a little more open to interpretation. I, I certainly understand that. So an S for you on Sweet Pea. Sorry, S for me on Sweet Pea and an A for you on Sweet Pea here on the first track
0: let's do the next song track two on system of a downs album called system of a down this Is a song called no not a no this Is a song called <laughs> k-n-o-w no <laughs> you are now tuned into k-n-o-w radio
1: this is a song second track on the debut self-titled album is knowing no with a k
0: just no just kidding you never think you know why. <laughs> <laughs> you never think you know why. You think you know why. why. I, think,
1: I never listened to the song that much.
0: We're obviously leaving this in the podcast. It's we called are. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is not a song I listen to very much. Not at no. This is not my original uh, tracks that I listened to for System of a Down. This is one I did not download <laughs> and listen to. Not a single. Early.
0: Not one you hear on the radio. One
1: I didn't hear until years and years later. Started listening to. System of a Down in 2002, maybe. So I had to listen to this a little bit later when I picked up the full album. Right. And uh, I don't think I missed much, honestly.
0: It's all right. It's a cool riff. Different sounding riff than the last song. Right off, you know, you got to keep switching it up, switching up your rhythms. They got kind of a trashy, like almost jungly rhythm to start it off with. Cool intro. The verses have that just like... It's like some kind of polka folk beat. I'm sure it comes from... The music that they grew up with, like from Armenia, some of this Middle Eastern style, like. Do, 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 da. Right. Very cool to hear that in a metal song. Huge part of their song. We're going to hear it a lot in a lot of these songs, but it's it's got that element, bringing it in like that. The choruses are kind of flashy. The drummer does like a really cool, like, like a flashy kind of flare style to the cymbals a little bit. It's a decent riff. It's heavy. They've got instrumental parts and vocal parts, so it kind of goes back and forth between guitar and singing, the bridge is cool. It's, again, a very different kind of breakdown-style bridge where they write a totally different riff and a totally different drum pattern. What do you think about it, other than the fact that you didn't? You think this is kind of generic?
1: Uh, I think it's fine. It does, I think, very much get lost in the void of System of a Down, who very much changes, you know, Surge very much changes what he's doing vocally. Uh, we get a lot more changes often in, in the bridge, instrumentally in what they're doing, and this just... To me, if you just kind of put this on, it just kind of goes. And that's it. It's not a big variation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, good point. To me, it's just very... It's all loud. It's it's all all, loud. All the time. It's just there. I don't hate it. I just don't love it. Not sure if I like it. It's fine. It's there.
0: (laughs) I like it. Like... I think we were mostly exposed to the singles. Like in that initial wave of you downloading System of a Down stuff, I I also got a lot of those tracks from you specifically. We're cousins, ladies and gentlemen. We grew up trading records, doing all this stuff. Have we mentioned it? I'm sure we have. So we came up on this stuff together. No, I think you're right. We didn't know this one until later when we went back and like streamed the album or whatever. Cause I think it was a lot of the singles and a lot of the like gimmicky novelty tracks too. We like we knew Bounce and we knew Shimmy and we knew. Johnny, like some of the like goofball ones. Yeah. We knew all the goofy ones. We knew all the singles, but some of these, it's just an album tier track. It's not like anything stand out necessarily about it. I do think the lyrics are pretty cool. It's like, no, you never think you know. And I think I know what it's about. To me, it's about knowing enough to like be some kind of scientist or something, but like not knowing enough to realize that you're like destroying the earth because we got all this stuff cursed earth cursed earth a lot of references to dying flying all this stuff to me it's like a scientist there's also where is it in here trying to fly too close to the sun like icarus so it's like the jurassic park thing where it's like they they could you can do something just because you can do something (laughs) scientifically doesn't mean you should so to me that's what it's about where we have all these technological improvements etc Modern world, but perhaps it leads to a cursed earth, and we don't know, we don't realize we have enough knowledge to give us the future, but not enough knowledge to save the planet. Perhaps save the planet, or Uh, to me, that's no one we're abusing it, or could be the could be so. Don't fly too close to the sun, like just stay in your lane. Sure, science,
1: (laughs) sure. It's also possibly could be attributed to some Adam and Eve references but i like yours a lot better what did you grade this track then
0: we said it's generic ish i like the riff though to me it was a good album track and it's better than average and when i went back to the album it was a standout from the album tracks to me that is worth a b plus really like the riff like the rhythms like the lyrics like you said though it does definitely gets lost in the shuffle not necessarily a extremely memorable one but I do think it's better than your average just kind of
1: filler track. I gave it a B minus despite um, my not having a lot (laughs) lot of positive about this track. I like that we actually have more writing on this than we do a lot of songs for System of a Down sometimes. Sometimes we just have verses that are maybe a handful of words, literally. So I like that we have some real writing here. We have two full fleshed out verses, a little bit of a bridge, some, you know, I mean, we have a song here. I like that. So I still give it a B minus. I don't quite give it a C, which is just kind of, you know, chilling, hanging out there. You're not necessarily skipping it if it comes on but you, you could if you wanted to get to the next track. So I gave it a B, but on the minus side where it's closer to a C. So B minus is what I'm giving it. Final grade here for no second track on the self titled album. Michael, B minus, then
0: B plus. There we go. Guys, that brings us to the end of the episode. We hope you love our new format. We love it. We love playing music for you. We love you. We love interacting with our fans. <laughs> so please write in. On all our social media platforms, we're going to do the whole discography of System of a Down, track by track, every record they ever made. Stay in the loop with us. Keep the party rolling. Keep it spinning. And next episode, we're doing the song Sugar. Terrific song. I really like that song. I like that Continuing song. to cover the self-titled album of System of a Down here on Season 2. Poly Polymuse. Poly Muse. We'll see you, and we love you.